Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is February 23rd, 2015. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Chapter 4, We Agnostics, and we are at page 54, the very first paragraph, which begins, We Found Too That We Had Been Worshippers. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Amy W., the 12 Traditions, Karen U., and the readers of the text are Sharon R.S., Du L., and Anne Marie M. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, February 22, 2015, our special edition, is 7348. 7348. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amy W. um, to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Amy W., compulsive overeater from California. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy. I will now ask Karen Yu to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Karen Yu from Michigan, Recovered. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. And thank you, Karen Yu. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement <clears throat> pardon me, for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Chapter 4, We Agnostics. We're going to be on page 54, the very first paragraph that begins, We Found to That. Um, and I will now ask Sharon R.S., please, to begin reading. Thank you, Janice. Uh, And thank you for your service, and good morning to all who are on the line. 
This is Sharon R.S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We found, too, that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring us, to bring on. Had we variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, and then, with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us had not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships, have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing, we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. Well, this uh, in this paragraph, we have a series of questions. And as we read through the big book, and as Bill is trying to educate us and to bring us to awareness of our uh, disease and then of the solution, he uses questions a lot to get us thinking, to get our, uh, to help us to uh, come out of our illusions uh, and uh, our denials, to come to acceptance of truth and then of a different way of looking at life and then uh, accepting a different way of living. But here he's asking us, uh, he, he's trying to get us to accept that we can live by faith. He's talking specifically to the agnostics who don't believe, and he's trying to move them to a place where they can believe and can accept that they're uh, a spiritual way of solving their problems. So he's asking a lot of questions, and I think it's valuable for us when we read through these questions to ask ourselves uh, these very same questions and then to to try to place ourselves. And so I, I did that for myself uh, uh, the first question being, have we not been worshipers of various things? Uh, because one thing that I've struggled with all my life is, is having faith. I can believe in a power, but having faith in that power, that that power will do something for me, that that power cares for me, and uh will help me solve the problems that I have in my personal, individual life. That's been very, very difficult for me uh, throughout my life. Bill says, but wait a minute. Haven't you been a worshiper already? Haven't you already been faithful to certain things? Let's look at it. Uh, Haven't you worshipped people, sentiments? things, money, ourselves. And certainly, I uh, believe in myself, 
I, 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 I certainly have have worshipped myself to an extent, um, and uh, because what worship means is to is to regard with ardent, adoring esteem or devotion, uh, and certainly I have had that affection and dedication to myself, um, and 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 to money, buying things that I thought would would help position me uh, really believing in, in, in money. So I find that in, I have had faith and I have believed in many things that have not helped me, certainly my belief in myself and money and things. And so I have had faith. So now I can put my faith in something that will really uh, move me, that will really help me to get where I need to go in my recovery. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Sharon R.S. Okay, who would like to comment on what was read? Kim. Kim. Anybody else? Uh, this is, this is Anne-Marie M. Okay, Larry. we'll have Anne-Marie M. Anne-Marie M. And I heard Larry. And Vasa. And Vasa, let's go with those four right now. Kim J. Carol J. All right, Carol J. We'll squeeze you in there. Okay, Kim G. Anne Marie M. Larry Vasa and Carol. Please go ahead, Kim G. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. And I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. Have we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves? You know, I looked up that word worship, worship this morning. It says a reverent honor and homage paid to a god or, or a sacred personage or object regarded as sacred, devoted or dedicated to. You know, so I was someone that thought, you know, well, you know, I, I just don't want to believe in this god thing. I'm not, I'm not someone who worships. But they're letting me know here that I've worshipped other things. You know, when we read Bill's story, one of the, one, the things I really see in there. Oops, I'm sorry. I set my, my let me just set my timer. I set it for 40 minutes by mistake. Um, so in Bill's story, what did he worship? He worshipped the money and he worshipped business. So I have to look. What did I worship? You know, for me personally, it was popularity, with being the in crowd, being with the right people, and I chased that, chased that. But what were other things that I worshipped? I worshipped being a certain gene size, having the right boyfriend living in the right neighborhood. You know, I taught soccer for a couple of years, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of people there that worship that their identity is totally through their children, and the, and the behavior of the parents was absolutely abhorrent. You know, I worshiped not worshiping anything because I was a god of, the God of reason, God of self-sufficiency. So it's not a matter of me being incapable to worship. The problem is I'm worshiping people, places, and things around me. And what I discovered for myself personally was what I thought was if I had these certain things in my life, these things that I worship, that would make me feel safe. So I chased them all over the place. But what I discovered was that was the exact reason I felt unsafe. Because if my peace of mind was based on the boyfriend and I got the boyfriend, then I sat there in fear of losing the boyfriend. If my safety was based on getting in a certain pair of gene size, then when I got there, what would happen if I wasn't that gene size? What would happen if I lost being in that neighborhood? What happens if I lose my job and I don't have the money anymore? And all those things are finite. 
Um, they're absolutely finite. So I have to find something that is infinite, infinite, infinite power. Because in and of myself, anything that is around me is ultimately going to fail me. And I didn't see that while I was in the game of life. Let me read that one more time. Have we not variously worshipped people, sentiments, things, money, and ourselves? It's not that I'm incapable of worshipping. My pain is because of what I am worshipping. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Thank you. Anne-Marie M., it's your turn. I want to unmute. We don't hear you, Anne-Marie. Right, let's go to Larry, and then we'll get back to Anne-Marie. Larry? Oh, thanks so much, uh, Janice. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So here, you know, it, it talks about our, our faith had little to do with pure reason. Um, and, and, I, and I think that's true when I look back on my life. Um, you know, it says, did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? Absolutely. It set out the trajectory of my existence. And I did certainly have the capacity for faith, love, worship. But what did I worship? You know, I chased after a feeling. When I was feeling uncomfortable, anxious, depressed, lonely, any of those things, it was too much for me to bear. And so I did anything that would change that state, that feeling. Anything that would bring me, it was all about me, so that would bring me uh, to a different, a different state. And so what did that for me? Well, food certainly did that for me. It numbed me out from those feelings. Um, chasing after money. Ch- but even, even things that would be, you know, characteristically good things. You know, chasing after achievement that in societal, in societal terms, you know, we would suggest it for good things, education, building up a business, um, doing these things. So it wasn't just all bad. You know, we have a varied, mixed life as human beings. But the problem for me was that selfishness, self-centeredness, that was at the core of everything that I did. It was always all about me. Although, had you asked me during those times, I would have denied, flatly denied that it was anything about me. You know, I would just draw your attention to the good things that I did. Look at the type of father I am. Look at the, you know, look at what I'm doing here, the education. I try to help people. You know what? It was all about me feeling better about myself. And the problem was with food, it was killing me. And I was as sick as my secrets. And there was always secrets. And I was deceiving myself. And it took these steps. It took honesty, openness, willingness to progress through these steps and stop debating and asking, you know, why and, and how and just do it. Just do it. And then uh, my life would change because I would be brought into alignment with my higher power. And today I don't need to chase after those things. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Is Anne-Marie back? Anne-Marie? Yes, Janice? Yes, please go Hi, ahead. I, I apologize. I had a uh, hang up and call back in. And if you wouldn't mind giving me a gentle reminder if I'm going up to thir- you know, three minutes, I appreciate it. Be glad to. Thanks. I, um, I'm Anne-Marie M., a recovered compulsive eater in South Carolina. And 
I certainly did worship um, not not a God. I did have a God of my understanding. But my thought and my true belief was that if I got thin enough, I would be happy enough. I would be smart enough. I don't know what that ha- what being thin has to do with being intelligent, but I believe that uh, from a, being a little girl growing up. My I had cousins that were thin, and they were um, they were high in their class, and so I thought that's what I needed to do was to be thin. So I really put a lot of emphasis on being thin, and I worshipped. I truly worshipped being thin. And this morning, um, I was studying with someone, a fellow uh, compulsive eater, and we were on the, um, working with others. The bottom of page 99, and it says, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. Well, I thought I could not be happy unless I was then. And this just reminded me uh, when we, you know, when we read this this morning, um, when Sharon was reading it, it reminded me of this this paragraph. You know, it just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back. You know, in some cases, maybe I'll never get them. You know, maybe I'll never be the size that I want to be, you know, um, for one reason or another. Remind the uh, prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. You know, my happiness is not dependent on a gene size. Um, it is dependent on upon his relationship with God, and everything in my life is dependent upon my relationship with God. We were also talking this morning about when something, you know, if we have a food thought or a trigger, I have to I have to look back. Where is my relationship with God? Because when I am in connection with God, little things don't bother me. However, when I you know, don't do my prayer. I don't do everything perfectly. When I'm not in connection with God, when I don't do my evening reviews, when I don't do what's suggested by living in 10, 11, and 12, these things pop up. Old, um, uh, what do you call it, resentments can creep back in. And so it's so important for me to stay in connection with God. And that's where uh, my relate my reliance has to be is on God, not on material things, and certainly not on what I look like. <laughs> Thanks so much, Janice, and I appreciate your patience. And thank you so much, Anne Marie. Yes, Vasa, it's your turn. Yes, thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for for your service, Janice. Mm-hmm. And I'm Vasa O, calling from uh, recovered compulsive reader, calling from Florida. There's just so much that I heard uh, up to this point what people shared, and I can identify with every one of them what they need, what they said. And uh, yes, I uh, the chasing, the worshiping. Again, I had a separation from God. I really didn't have a personal relationship with, with God. I did go to church every once in a while, and I remember, you know, just visualizing God in heavens, and he had nothing to do with me here on earth, and, you know, me trying to be the good girl, you know, try to do the right things, and I didn't do everything right, you know, when I did my fourth step, but again, I worshipped being thin, oh my goodness, 25 years of my life, you know, my, my mind was always wrapped up with the food, and losing and gaining, I could never keep it stopped, you know, was the roller coaster all the time. Looking good in my family was really important to look good. You had to be clean. You had, you know, for me to wear my makeup, 
to, you know, my hair had to look a certain way and, um, you know, just to look good. My clothes had to be always pressed and, uh, you know, always battling the food addiction, you know, always. I remember thinking, well, if I'm thin, then my husband is going to love me more, you know, and that had nothing to do with it. Or I would be happy. I would happy if my, I would be so happy if my husband just showed me more love and more attention. And again, I was worshiping people, places, and things. And uh, I thought, you know, that was going to make me happy. You know, yeah, I worshiped my boyfriend and then my marriage and having a child, one child at a time. And having, the, you know, that kept me, it was a good thing, you know. It was. It kept me distraught. So God gave me good things, and I'm not saying the bad things came from God. You know, it's just what I did. You know, I call that comes from the evil, from my disease, the bad things. It doesn't come from God. So I worship. I worship my fears. I worship my anxieties. I worship being afraid I'm gonna die, the fear of dying. Uh, I worship my worries. And um, so I'm not going to get too much into it. We'll be getting into the fourth step pretty soon. But, again, I don't have to worship anything today. Everything comes from God, my happiness, my joy, and I don't minimize what God has done, given me before I surrender to God, family and children, and there's been a lot of joy in that area, but I didn't have the peace. I didn't have the serenity. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Vasa. Oh, Carol G. from England, it's your turn. Star one to unmute. Carol G. Hello. Yes. Please go ahead. Oh, hi. <laughs> thank you, Janice. Carol, we covered in England, very grateful. Um, sorry about the technical difficulties there. What a wonderful, wonderful um, paragraph we've just read. Um, hi, big book teachers. You know what? I suffered trauma with this compulsive overeating all my life, um, and I've used worship to control my eating, and it, it just never, ever really, really happened. And I was just thinking when we were reading it that the first 100 are busting a gut here to try to get me to take on board what recovered method they found. Um, and, you know, back in page 52, they're saying, Carol, we need you to get on, on board here. Stop doubting. They use the word doubting. Stop doubting. Choose faith. Our ideas don't work, but the God idea does. And then flipping over, over the page to where we are now, then they're talking about needing a capacity for faith. And this tells me that I'm going to have to do some serious letting go. Some letting go of old ideas and sentiments and things I've worshipped, old friends. And my oldest friend, unfortunately, is the food. You're going to have to let go of the food. And, you know, I've been an abstinent now with Vision for You for 11 months. How on earth has that happened? I don't have any power. And yet I've been given a power every single day. You know, the God idea does work. And somehow I was able to make space in me. Whether talking about capacity for faith. Make space in me to allow this to happen. 
because I've been trying to make it happen outside of me by worshipping other things, by going to other things, thinking that that would work. I mean, in actual fact, it never did. And, and so what they've experienced, I'm experiencing for myself. And I've noticed always, in this, in this process over the last few years, that I, I can also worship the book as well. Um, and now I'm actually going out there and, and experiencing life as described in this book. And it's changing me. It really is changing me. But to say, I need both. I need the steps. The steps lead me to a higher power. I need a capacity for faith. And I need you all. I can't cut out the middleman. I can't climb the mountain of Carol. And Carol Self, all by my, all by myself. So thank you so much for being here, big book teachers. Love you all. Pat. This is Maria. Can I share? This is Sarah W. I don't hear Jenna. Janice, we don't hear you. This is Sally. Maria, would you go ahead? And then, Sarah, you follow her. Thank you. Maria, would you go ahead? Yes, thank Lonnie you. P. Um, go ahead, Maria. Okay, there's a, okay. Um, I'm Maria. I'm a compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I've been around in these rooms for a long time. But what got me into, this is a very honest uh, paragraph uh, because there's a lot of secrets. All these worship things were secrets. So um, to me, and I I would never be able to uh, tell anybody except uh, with the recovery people, uh, one thing that came to here is that mantle goose flash, and that's the body I- image. It was all about, the, for me, it was all about that mantle goose flash, the flash, you know, the body. Um, I fear people was always one of my uh, worships. I was always afraid what people will think of me or, what they'll, you know, it was always that fear, that self-centered fear that I, I grew up with, and it built, I built on that, and that was my God, my worship. And made me hide in uh, from uh, from people because I I I wasn't so com- I couldn't compete with them you know and my competition of fitting in this world was always one of my gods uh, that I was trying to be like others be as rich as others you know be as well a competition you know it, it's this uh, uh, running this uh, marathon running to run uh, faster so I could be the best. And that's a worship. That's a part of worship. And um, so, anyway, this is a wonderful um, literature, and the shears are great because it's an honesty. You know, I, I get this stuff out, and um, and there's hope here in faith. The faith is uh, once I know that I've done all these things, that these things don't work no more for me, then I could uh, believe in something else greater than me. And, and the greater than the fear and greater than the food plants that I too worship. Well, I went from one food plant to another trying to, if I have this perfect, again, perfection is one of my um, worships too. If I'm the, if I have this perfect food plan, I'd be able, I'd be able to be the best and I'll be able to lose weight because that's that mentality. The food plan will help me lose the, 
the body image. So people will look at me and they'll think that I am, or look at her, you know, uh, so I can uh, fit in this little puzzle in the world, you know, because uh, I always hear from people because I was always heavier. And I come from this country that I'm going to uh, wrap up real soon that if you're fat, you're, you're a lot, you're smarter and you're, you're healthier and uh, but if you're thin you're really uh, sick so that's another mentality that I have to put in perspective what other people say about how I look it's not of the business but I have to find this God that I have to worship to him the God that of my own understanding that I'm looking to um, I want to believe what he be- I want to worship and what I want to please him not people places and things and I pass thank you Letting me share. Well, thank you. I'm back. This is Janice M. Is there anybody else that wants to uh, comment on that first paragraph? I guess that's where we're at. Hey, this is Reva P. Lonnie P. Mary Kim A. Oh, there's a lot. Okay. So, (laughs) Sarah W. And Rita. Is there a Rita? Reva P. Reva P. Okay. After Reva P. comes Lonnie P. Is it a Karen? Oh, Kim in Dallas. Kim in Dallas. Okay. And another one? Mary. Mary. I hear Mary. Is it Mary? You do hear me. Yay. <laughs> Mary, what's your, what's your initial? A. A is okay, an apple. Okay, let's go with those four. Sarah W., Reva P., Kim in Dallas, and Mary A. Please go Thank ahead, you. Sarah. Thanks, Janice, for your service. Good morning, everyone. Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, I, I really worship more about being oppositional. I was a very oppositional human being. If you said black, I said white, and I was very defiant. So, um, you know, for me, uh, that was always my my MO, you know, um, going against anything. And, um, you know, I could never find any kind of peace or satisfaction because when you're always working against everything, you never get anything because everything doesn't ever seem to go your way. And um, I was thinking to myself, um, you know, the idea of worshiping people, places, and things, um, you know, that was the driver uh, of my bus. And, you know, today I can say, you know, because we're recovered doesn't mean that we have happy, joyous, and free every day. Sometimes I feel a little disconnected. Sometimes, I, you know, this morning I woke up and I really felt um, sad and, um, you know, some emotional pain. And how do I walk through that? You know, I I act as if if I feel disconnected from my higher power. I reach out to my higher power and ask for help. I talk to other people in the program. And if we're not even at the second step or the third step, we can start to take time in the morning to connect with whatever it is, and it will start to happen as we do that, you know, whether it be just good orderly direction. And so today I can say that, um, you know, none of our lives is ever going to be perfect, but Today I can say that in the midst of calamity, in the in the midst of adversity, in the midst of difficulty, I can truly have a sense of peace inside myself because I have this relationship 
and keep on working towards a better connection. Uh, because as we know, relationships take time and effort to build and to grow. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sarah W. Reva P. Your turn. Press star one to unmute. Can you hear me? This is Reva P. Can you hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Hi, my name is Reva P. from Toronto, Canada. I love this meeting. Um, what this paragraph reminds me is that my disease is an inside part of it, you know, is the spiritual malady. And I worshipped uh, people, places, things, money, uh, how I looked, and it never filled that spiritual hole. It, it just was like a bottomless pit. Um, and I can still get caught up in outer things. So what this paragraph reminds me is recovery is an inside job and only that inner connection with a power greater than myself is going to fill that emptiness, that food, people, places, and things could never, ever fill. And another thing that this paragraph reminds me is by worshiping all those outer things, I was living in a if-only mentality. If only, you know, the food is under control, I will be happy. If only I have more money, then life will be great. And what that does is it postpones my life and it prevents me from living happy, joyous, and freely in the moment. And I'm always waiting for something in the future. Um, And that's not what God is. God is in the moment. Um, So um, if I ever get caught up with worldly things on the outside, which society often tempts me to do, I need to remember I will never, ever fill that hole inside me, that deep emptiness, um, unless I go to the true source, which is um, that connection with my higher power. And I pass. Thank you. And thank you for sharing, Reva. Okay, Kim from Dallas. It's your turn. Good morning, Janice. This is Kim, MC in Dallas. I'm recovered today. Thank you for your service. I wanted to um, speak to this particular line in the paragraph. Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? And my existence at my top weight, 367 pounds, miserable. At my low weight, 167 pounds, miserable. But I was a worshiper of my higher power. So back on page, you know, I just thought about this this morning. Back on page 48, when we were talking about we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions, when I opened my mind by the food, the food soon allowed me to open my mind. Um, whether I've been in a normal-sized body or morbidly obese, I had to open my mind to see, first of all, that I have been a worshiper of human beings rather than my higher power as I only thought I had been, that everything that I knew or I thought I knew, I really didn't know. 
And it was only when I was able to open my mind and look at my existence, where was I at? Because then I could really begin to make a start and apply these steps in my life. But as long as my mind was snapped shut and I thought I knew, I couldn't even see that I was worshiping people, places, and things. So I'm really grateful today to just be able to share that opening my mind allowed me to see that I was not living my life on a spiritual basis. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Because, in fact, I had been a worshiper of other things that could not solve my problems. So thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you, Kim. Okay, Mary A., it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Boy, you all have given me a lot of thoughts about worship. But, you know, when I think of worship, I think of my relationship with God and how I worship him. And I realize I just don't do that very well because every time I'm out of his will, when I don't eat correctly, when I don't talk correctly, when I don't act correctly, I am definitely, you know, not worshiping God, but I'm worshiping myself. I once heard it said that, you know, my my relationship with God is like being in the kingdom with him. And when I'm in God's kingdom and when I'm, when my will is aligned with his, with everything, I'm in the kingdom, but I step out of that kingdom every time. And my job really all day long is to get back in the kingdom with him. And then I think about my heart, and, you know, um, I know that in my heart there are many rooms. And who sits on the throne of each of those rooms should be God. But on the throne I see myself and I really have to every day, you know, try to put him more back on that. And, you know, this business of surrendering to God, oh, how I would love to surrender my whole life to God. But I know that total surrender means accepting illness, old age, and all my faults, and really surrendering over that to God. And I really did worship a lot of things um, like sinness, myself also because my mother was so heavy and because she died of that disease. Seeing my mom in that coffin and who knows if they could even hold it, it was so heavy and knowing I didn't want any part of that. But I know that true worship has to be with me coming on this meeting and all my meetings in the fourth step, doing the literature doing everything and aligned, treating my human beings aligned with God, and then I truly worship him. And thanks all for your service and listening to me this morning. Okay, thank you, Mary A. Do we have anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph? Please press star one. Charles H. Charles H. Anybody else? Lonnie P. Okay. Leia. Okay, good. We're going to go with Charles and we're going to go with Lonnie, Lonnie H., um, and we're going to go with Leah. Okay, please go ahead, Charles H. Good morning. Thank you for your continued service. Uh, my name is Charles H. Good morning, visionaries. Um, yeah, you know, 
I worshiped a lot of things just like many other people in this world. Um, you know, and today nothing comes before my God, my higher power, right? And, you know, I was able, you know, through program and through, you know, you know, my aunt had passed away um, Friday. You know, we knew she had terminal cancer, she had diabetes, she had all these things. And the love, through the love of program, um, and, and, you know, I, I could almost say I worship program, but I don't worship anything before God. But page 337 says, if I put AA, if I, you said as long as if I put AA first in my life, everything that I put second would be first class. This has proved to be more over and over again. So I continue to put well, AA and God first, and everything I ever lost was returned many times over. You know, um, you know, my mother's elderly, and and and, and <laughs> you know, I, and 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 she she said, "Son, could you spend a night with me?" Because you know, she was in fear, and the phone calls was coming in, and 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 she cried and she prayed, and you know, I worshipped those moments. I worshipped those moments. I worshipped that life is precious, and family is precious, no matter what. Even when I get on their nerves, and they get on my nerves, right? Like it's just those moments, just those little moments are precious. Yeah, I know I will be ascended, and you know I'm gonna leave this earth, but I'm a, I'm gonna make a deposit. I'm gonna make a deposit by caring about others, you know. And, and, and I worship them, you know. I worship everybody's recovery, whether you like me or not, whether I like you or not. I worship, I worship a higher power. I worship the spirit now because I know if I live in the flesh. I'm going to die faster, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Charles H. Lonnie H., Lonnie, your turn. Hi, this is Lonnie P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Florida. Um, Thank you, everybody, for your incredible shares this morning. Um, What I'm reminded of here is, you know, something that somebody had told me very early on in recovery is that, that, yes, you know, I did have faith. You know, I did worship, but what I was worshiping was the food. You know, food, I relied on food for everything, you know, to make me feel better. Um, When I was happy, when I was sad, when I was angry, you know, food was my cure-all for everything, you know. And it's only by really working the steps through the big book with a big book guide that I have really come to build my relationship with my higher power. So today, instead of relying on the food for everything, today I seek my higher power. You know, so I have, you know, I've gotten to the place, thank you, God, where I have total reliance upon God, you know, and not people. Because also in the past I was overly dependent on my sponsor. I didn't even want to call other people. And I wanted her to have the answers for everything, or a therapist, or or a treatment center, you know. And today, yes, I, I seek other people to process a 10-step or to hear their experience, strength, and hope. But the ultimate decision or the nudge to do the next right thing comes from my higher power. That's where I rely because that's where I find my truth within and, you know, the next right thing to do in this program. So, and that's been such an evolution for me because I've been in program just about eight years now, but it's only really in this last year, year and a half or so 
since I've been listening to Vision for You and then working the steps, you know, with a big book guide through the big book that I've truly come to build a relationship with my higher power, you know. So today it's like, you know, I, I worship my higher power and that's where my reliance is. It's no longer on the food or people, places, or things. So um, thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lonnie P. Layer M, your turn. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, and I certainly, you know, related to that, I was just trying to feel comfortable somehow. Uh, You know, certainly food was the solution uh, for a long time. You know, it started off and it seemed to work, but... Uh, you know, even that began to, uh, you know, went from fun to necessity to uh, suffering and misery. So I was, you know, definitely in pursuit, you know, to chase these other things for that sense of stability. And in my pursuit, you know, I chased for what I thought I needed for stability, such as people, such as sentiment, such as things, such as money, uh, such as, you know, somehow, you know, grabbing outside of myself to feel stabilized in a very uncomfortable existence. And it's hard to be comfortable when all my life I was trying to be somebody, feel like something, aspire to be equal, and desperately need to be superior. You know, none of that worked out. And that's why the big book, you know, had said in previous page, you know, this was a self-imposed crisis. I was the architect of my own misery here. I was the center of my universe. I was seeing things only from my own perspective. You know, (laughs) only my perspective counted. Only my thoughts were correct. Only my emotions were justified. Only my hurts were legitimate hurts. Only my innocent actions should be interpreted as innocent, even under good intentions. I had good intentions with a lot of this. But where I went wrong was that my basic flaw had been this faulty dependence on people and these circumstances and these outside things to supply me with a feeling of security, a feeling of well-being, a feeling of happiness. And of course, that never happened. And when all that plummeted, I still dug my fists into bags and boxes because I had been seduced by feelings. I wanted to feel comfortable. The big book and this process, you know, gave me a new mind. Feelings are important. However, feelings are a trap in the spiritual life. What about decision and action? You know, a decision to trust, rely, and depend on something outside of myself a higher power outside of my intellect. And the whole point of Steps 4 through 9 where I cleaned out this channel that obstructed uh, and blocked this relationship with a power that was greater than myself that was going to bring me the stability and the security that I had so desperately pursued uh, for almost two decades. So, you know, thank God for the program of recovery that said, you know, Leah, change your mind. Change your mind. And sometimes, uh, you know, doing that was like trying to to uh, turn around the Titanic in, in the Potomac River. <laughs> but, but pain made uh, that 
that process occur because what else was I going to do? I had to reconsider or die. There had to be something beside intellect. There had to be something besides worshiping people, sentiment, things, money, and myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Leah M. Is there anyone that wants to wrap it up? Alice M. Uh, Okay, Alice M. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Alice M. from Florida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic. And uh, I'd, like, I'd like to weigh in on this as an atheist. Um, I looked up uh, the word worship over on the line, and I found some definitions that really fit me. And the thing I love about this program is that you find, you, you find your own meaning in these words and in this book and in the steps. And um, what I found was, okay, worship is an extreme form of love, a type of unquestioning devotion. So for me, I think, okay, what is that? today. Well, I have today, in this moment, I have an unquestioning devotion to the principles and to my recovery. Um, I have an extreme extreme form of love for my daughter. I have a, um, a, a unquestioning devotion to my weight and measured abstinence. Um, unquestioning. So I, you know, and, and, I, and I do seek truth through science and reason, among other things. So, you know, what is sacred to me? Also, what we worship is sacred. So what is sacred to me? Again, my abstinence, the love I have for my daughter, the principles of love, tolerance, truth, justice. And I, um, and I thought, well, what is worship? Um, I consider, for me, I am in worship right now as I am in worship with all of you on this line. I am in I am in worship when I go to my services every Sunday, the congregation I belong to. I'm in worship because I'm coming together with others and standing in that, um, that unquestioning devotion to principles of, again, in my congregation, love, tolerance, acceptance, service, truth, and justice. So that is what it is for me. And if I have that unquestioning, unwavering devotion to recovery, then I'm going to stand on the side of love and help others and reach out and pass the message. Um, I'm going to be tolerant um, of, of everyone's viewpoints. I'm going to be accepting of where everyone is in their disease. Um, I'm going to be giving service. Um, and, you know, I, so I just I found this eye-opening for me today. I don't consider when I was in the food, uh, in my binging and puking, that that was worshiping the food, that was addiction, that was, um, really deep, dark, unhealthy dependence. So to me, that was not that was not worship. I didn't worship that. Um, it was an out of control, powerless addiction. Um, so anyway, I'd just like to to um, end on that. Is that um, you know we all we all look at these words in different ways, and it's our our. Um, Thank goodness we have that that freedom and that flexibility to do that. And um, I am a worshiping person. I do worship um, lots of things good for me and good for the world today. Thank goodness. Um, And I'll pass with that. Well, thank you, Alice M. And thank you to everyone. And those that didn't have a chance to share, we have another hour. So now we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, um, do well, please. Read A Vision for You. One, our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Good morning. Do I recover compulsive reader? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you unto then. Pass.